Chapter Two, Part Three of Commentary on the Gospel of John, Book Ten, by Cyril of Alexandria, translated by Reverend Thomas Randall. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Five six, I am the vine; ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same beareth much fruit. For apart from me ye can do nothing if a man abide not in me he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and they gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned our lord jesus christ openly says that he has been called the vine for this reason and this reason only that we may clearly understand and not merely perceive with the eyes of the body as by a palpable sensible and most visible figure that to those who are eager to be closely joined to him and who choose to enjoy a close union with his nature will be added the capacity and the conditions requisite for the production of virtue and spiritual fruit-bearing since they are evidently provided from its source as from the vine their mother with a potential and an actual force in those however who have as it were been torn away or cut off from their hold on him by turning to what is wrong and to conduct displeasing to god not merely will no capacity of a fitness for virtue or of being able to show the fruits that spring from goodness be seen but the doom of being consumed by all devouring fire as by an inevitable necessity will await them for that which is useless for righteousness seems fit to pay the penalty, just as the withered branches will be only useful for the fire. You would find an indisputable and true proof of what we have said, not by perusing the chapters of the saints of old, but rather by applying your attention to the study of the holy apostles themselves. For they, by neglecting in no way love towards Christ, but abiding in him, and considering that nothing whatever should be set before righteousness towards him have become known throughout the world and they exhibited through the world the fruit of their virtue and showing themselves a pattern of a god-loving state as a bright image to all under the sun they wreathed for themselves the fadeless crown of glory with god but he who by a few pieces of silver was entrapped into the net of destruction i mean the base and most mercenary judas was cut off from the true vine that is christ and withered away in a certain sense and lost together his position of discipleship and the quickening quality of the spirit for he was cast outside according to the saying of the saviour for he became alienated from christ and was given over like rubbish to him that chastises with fire pertinently then does our lord jesus christ set forth to his hearers the joy of heart that springs from the desire of intimate union with him and on the other hand place before them the punishment resulting from severance thus conceiving a twofold method of salvation for either by an aim which looks forward to glory and life or our dread of the chastisement by fire we shall lay hold more earnestly with all the strength of our mind on intimate union with him but he calls the father husbandman attributing to his divine nature the watchful care over us as also we have previously shown at length for he will be found doing the work of a hand to the husbandman 
who uses no other hand according to his consubstantiality both from him and in him as is really the case and as it is in our power to see in the following way for as a proof that all things are done by the son as by the hand of the father listen to what the father himself says respecting his creatures my hand made all these things whereas all things were made by the son according to the holy writings we must observe that the divine paul figures darkly to us the true cutting even though it be not that of a vine when he says behold then the goodness and severity of god toward them that fell severity but toward thee goodness if thou continue in his goodness otherwise thou also shalt be cut off seven if ye abide in me and my words abide in you ye shall ask whatsoever ye will and it shall be done unto you he says that the love of unbroken union with him and the keeping in mind as a divine and spiritual treasure entrusted to them the pure treasure of the lessons of the gospel and the true instruction of the doctrines of the faith established also by unerring interpretations will be the root of the most perfect goodness for the whole discourse of the saviour would convey this meaning to us if we consider the aim set forth in the gospels for in the promise of christ that he will continually give what is good to those who ask him how shall we deny that a very clear pledge of this is given to us i suppose it is necessary to inquire what in addition is the accurate meaning of the words if ye abide in me and my words abide in you ye shall ask whatsoever ye will and it shall be done unto you for can any one say that to abide in christ can be attained without keeping in oneself also his words now to this question men of sense will doubtless answer no for our hearer must remember that when inquiring into the kind of love towards christ and investigating what it was and how it could exist in perfection we said that there are two methods given i mean that through faith which is wholly blameless and that again which projects itself in actuality which enters secretly by pure love and if we trust our saviour's words that this is so with us it follows that they adopt a dangerous and intolerable explanation of the relationship in admitting the bare faith which consists in words only but not receiving the love which is moulded by right actions to perfection they indeed abide in christ in the sense of the relationship that results from belief and so far as they do not adopt another religious worship but when they no longer have his words in themselves they will be condemned and we do not go so far as to say that burying the preaching of the gospels in oblivion they are altogether unmindful of the words of the saviour submitting everything to their own pleasures and directing their unbridled impulse to the consideration of earthly things alone and on account of this carrying themselves away from the true vine and despising the favour of intimate relationship with him by their own passions they deem the citizenship that is in christ of no account now concerning every such person christ himself says 
not every one that saith unto me lord lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven but he that doeth the will of my father which is in heaven and that faith which is alone and by itself and which does not obtain the assistance of the light that proceeds from works will not suffice to secure an intimate relationship with god the disciple of christ also proves saying thou believest that god is one the devils also believe and shudder shall one then say to those who think that a faith bare and alone will be sufficient to enable them to get possession of the fellowship that is from above will even the band of demons rise to fellowship with god since they acknowledge his unity and have believed in his existence how could this be for the mere knowledge that the creator and producer of all things is one god is useless but i think it necessary that the confession of piety towards him should accompany faith for such a man abideth in christ and will be seen to possess his words according to the text in the book of psalms i have kept thy saying in my heart that i may not sin against thee just as if any one should place into a brazen vessel the element of fire he will make the vessel entirely the sharer of the warmth arising from it so also the mind which in soul and heart is wholly possessed by the divine and heavenly doctrine by striving up to every kind of virtue is always thereby inflamed towards it for it is written thy word is very pure therefore thy servant loveth it let him therefore he says who establishes himself therein and has attained to this high honour so as to remain in me and to have my words in him go boldly on and with complete confidence ask for whatever tendeth to bliss and without delay it shall be given him for he says i will grant it well then says our opponent if any one should ask for what is wrong will he take more fully of this and will he that loves virtue allot him such a portion as this get thee behind me thou man of evil counsel for god will provide nothing that is opposed to his own nature nor any of those things which are numbered among evil things but my view seems more appropriate does it not appear right and just it is clear then that he who abides in christ and has his words in him knows by the very fact of his goodness and righteousness how to think only those things which are acceptable to god for it is clear that he has permitted to those who have his word in their hearts to ask whatsoever they may reasonably wish well knowing that they only aim at a participation in blessings of a spiritual and divine nature as then our saviour christ has excellently defined in these words the character of the man who prays and asks to receive whatever he wills from god let us mould our own condition into conformity with this ideal if we desire to obtain the heavenly blessing but if you know that you are yourself not such an one as christ has just indicated to us take it not ill if you stumble but if the effort seems burdensome to you uniting with your faith the glory which proceeds from good works for this is abiding in christ and having in yourself his words 
go forward in confidence and yourself receive without delay whatever you request from god eight herein is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit and so shall ye be my disciples he says that god his father has been glorified being justly admired for his incomparable goodness and crowning as it were his exceeding kindness with actual proof for he so loved the world according to the scripture that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have eternal life the life of all that of course which is fulfilled by christ is then the fruit of the kindness of god the father for this reason i suppose he himself conversing with god the father said i glorified thee on the earth having accomplished the work which thou hast given me to fulfil it for the only begotten being entrusted as it were with the salvation of us all has well accomplished it by the father and he a being not comprehended under the condition of necessary obedience but himself the absolute wisdom and power of his father apart from whom nothing whatever can exist for all things are by him according to the holy evangelist and we in a special manner and for this reason the blessed david declares that the ordering of all that concerns us and the directing aright of the life of all is entrusted by the father to the son as his power and wisdom when he says o god order the working of thy power o god confirm that which thou hast prepared and once more o god give thy judgment to the king for it was the work of him who alone reigns with god the father to restore the earth that was entirely corrupted and to be able to mould it anew into its former state therefore my father was glorified by giving his own son as a ransom for the life of the world being content to see among us him who is above every creature not that he might bring any addition of perfection to his own nature for he is all-perfect and self-sufficing having power over all things but in order that you may bring forth more fruit and become my disciples for if he had not become man we should not being deemed worthy of sharing his nature and being united to him like branches and gaining for him the power of bearing fruit by sharing in his spirit have produced the fruit of a state of life pleasing to god which he even calls much putting in the background that which sprang from service of the law and showing that it is of less importance for the law hath made nothing perfect according to the saying of paul for this reason he said to his holy disciples nay to all of us who have been united to him by faith and perfect love verily verily i say unto you except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and pharisees ye shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven and again every scribe who hath been made a disciple to the kingdom of heaven is like unto a rich man which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old 
casting as it were from the treasury of their hearts the mosaic injunctions and the memory of the ancient writings he therefore who is a willing hearer and ready to learn and is full of the torchlight of the gospel has his wealth increased and multiplied i mean of course spiritual wealth for he brings forth things new and old transforming the shadow of the law and the power of servitude to the law into the pattern of citizenship according to the gospel for what the law figured by types this christ did openly in truth wherefore also he said i came not to destroy the law but to fulfil and again verily verily i say unto you one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass away from the law till all things be accomplished the power then of the service of the gospel is the much fruit spiritual and in truth seeing that the only begotten became man for the glory of god the father and on this account it has followed that those who are on the earth are his disciples for he spoke to those of old time and formerly through the prophets as god but has told us and said concerning us and they shall all be taught of god for to us who believe in him not merely has no other person intervened and conveyed the message from him or become a mediator of his will towards us as moses doubtless was to the israelites in mount sinai or again the prophets after moses to those among them but christ himself has taught us and for this reason we are all taught of god we should not then have it all become his disciples we should not have brought forth the fruits of love towards god and this in abundance unless the father had been glorified by his goodness taking such pleasure in us that the word proceeding from his essence should become man for we shall think thus when we hear the holy scripture declaring that he gave his own son for he also approved of his choosing to suffer this for us and on this account is said to have given him and with justice nine ten even as the father hath loved me i also have loved you abide ye in my love if ye keep my commandments ye abide in my love even as i have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love we must consider the mystery set forth in the text with the clearer eye of the understanding for the saying has a deep meaning and puts before us in its completeness so to speak the significance of the incarnation for he assures us that he himself was loved by god the father and that he so loved us in turn after the same manner that is according to which he himself considered that he was loved by his own father what charge then did he lay upon them that it is our duty to abide in his love but he gives as it were an explanation and most convincing reason of his being with justice loved by the father namely the keeping of his commandments and exhorts us too to hasten to fulfil this and thus he says to remain in his love 
we have clearly shown what his meaning is then summing up and condensing into small compass the sense of the passage so far as possible but since i think it right to rob of its terrors that which is likely sometimes to disturb in no small degree the mind of the pure come let us say how and in what way we apprehend the meaning of the passage our lord jesus christ then appears setting himself forth as a type and pattern of the holy state of life and as being on this account under the law and not disdaining to take the measure of our poverty in order that designedly moulding himself according to his plan into conformity with our dispositions he might be found as in figures to those that are his a guide of the way to our recovery of a state and of a life strange to us and wholly untrodden we must now inquire then what commandment of the father he has kept and in what way or in what manner he is said to have been loved by him let then the most wise paul come to our aid and initiate us into the mystery by his words concerning him how being in the form of god he emptied himself taking the form of a servant being made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man he hath humbled himself becoming obedient even unto death yea the death of the cross wherefore also god highly exalted him and gave unto him the name which is above every name you have heard how though he was the true god seeing that he was of the same fashion with his father he humbled himself becoming obedient unto death for when god determined to save the corrupted race upon the earth and it did not satisfy justice that any created being should accomplish this the only begotten god who knows the will of god the father himself undertook the task as the enterprise exceeded all the power that there was in the world and thus he came down to a voluntary subjection so as even to descend to death and that a most shameful one for how could the being nailed to a cross be honourable and how would it not rather pass every disgrace since therefore he endured these things god hath highly exalted him you have therefore in his willing obedience the fulfilment of the purposes of the father which purposes the son says were ranked by him as commands for understanding as word the counsels in the father and searching out the secret thoughts of him that begat him nay rather being himself the wisdom and the power of the father he realizes his plan accounting it as a command and thus naming it after a human analogy and see herein the measure of his love for god hath highly exalted him he says he exalts and glorifies him that was already exalted and glorified although he is by nature very god inasmuch as he does not exist as one of the creatures according to the identity of his substance on this account being deemed and being in reality beyond all height that is conceived and even the lord of glory according to the holy writings but of a truth he says 
he is exalted and glorified how or when and in what way when of course he was in the form of a servant and in the likeness of our humiliation that is man like ourselves for he returns clothed with our flesh to be again highly exalted and glorified with the father and he was loved by him and not then for the first time when he fulfilled his voluntary subjection and you will better understand this by the following considerations for according to the manner in which he was always exalted and glorified with reference to his own nature he that was bereft of the glory suited to god so far as the definition of his humanity was concerned is said to have been glorified and exalted when he became man for being thus from the beginning loved always and through all time he is said to have been loved even when clothed in flesh for on this account he appeared amongst us that is he took our form upon him and became man in order that he might make pleasing to god that which was hated on account of the transgression at the beginning and the sin which had crept in in the interval for for this reason christ is said to have appeared as the door and the beginning and the way of all good things to us does he then tell you that he has been loved without reproach because his father's commands have been kept by him did not the declaration of the mystery seem difficult to you and was not the deep meaning of the incarnation accomplished in our behalf hardly attainable by your reason but they are all plain to him that understandeth and right to them that find knowledge abide therefore he says in my love that is coming with all zeal and ardour make it the object of your anxiety and concern to be worthy of such a love from me as i have from god the father for i was an obedient worker of the wishes of the father and on this account i abide closely in his love but when ye also yourselves become keepers of my commandments ye in a like manner will wholly abide in my love you will have then he says no excuse for apathy in the work for you will not bestow labour on these things without profit for i shall manifestly give you as much love as i have from the father and crown the keeper of my words with honours almost equal for the father has highly exalted me and has given me the name which is above every name for i have been declared god of the universe yet i shall not be found envious or to grudge you such good things for i have shown you who are men and who have for this reason received the nature of slaves to be gods and sons of god making you illustrious through my grace with dignity surpassing your nature to receive have admitted you into the fellowship of my kingdom have shown you conformed to the body of my glory have honoured you with incorruption and life but this standeth as yet but in hope and is preserved for the age that is to come 
and what have ye now for the time present have i not made you illustrious and glorified you and made you holy beyond the devotees of all nations nay ye have rebuked the unclean spirits i have given you power to heal all manner of disease and all manner of sickness i have given the promise unto you verily verily i say unto you he that believeth on me the works that i do shall he do also and greater works than these shall he do if we allow our minds to be impressed with the sense of the passage before us we shall think that this is what he says to his holy disciples and if we at all times keep our mind yoked fast to the doctrines of the truth and if we turn the investigation into which we enter so far as we can to the profit of our hearers and to foster the practice of a righteous life we shall avoid foolishly falling over any stumbling-block in the way for it is written in the book of psalms great is the peace that they have who love thy law and they have no stumbling-block in their path End of chapter two part three